Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. And we are back here on The Purge. It's Purge Week number two. <laughs> uh, if you're a new listener, you can find all of the episodes at SequelRights.com, including uh, Purge 1, which came out last week. Yes, and a big thank you again to our uh, special guest, Peter Gavazdas, for being on here, there with us last week. If you missed that, go check it out. Definitely. We have another exciting episode for you guys today. Not only are we going through the Purge Anarchy, we also have a, another special fun interview for you guys. At the end of this episode, Eliz and I have a little chat with Nathan Whitehead. If you don't know who that is... He's the man who composed uh, the scores for the first three Purge films. Yes, he did. Uh, and it was a great, great time talking with him. So be sure to listen all the way through the end of the episode for that. You don't want to miss it. Also, when I was just talking then, I almost said Tremors because we didn't talk about Tremors, <laughs> tremors for so, so long. long, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and, he composed all the Tremors. Of, if you missed those, you can go back. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we have some great interviews on our Tremors episodes. We uh, We're keeping the interviews going. That's yeah, right. yeah. Keeping that guest train rolling. <laughs> all right. Um, speaking of rolling, let's roll that trailer. You can't go out there. You know how dangerous it is. This won't bring him back. It won't make you feel any better. Don't do this. It's late. You need to leave. Traffic is building rapidly downtown. As citizens rush to get home before commencement. If you're not purging, we advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war out there. System announcing the commencement of the annual purge. At the siren, all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. All emergency services will be suspended. Your government thanks you for your participation. What is this? crap it looks like freaking anarchy in the streets in this movie right titular anarchy i mean i guess but where That's was a good the punk anarchy? band name like, this is the central question where was i the... have about this movie where does the anarchy happen uh, everywhere los angeles only yeah only, only <laughs> los angeles do they ever say they don't ever say anything like there's no guy that runs past going it's anarchy <laughs> <laughs> The purge is anarchy. Anarchy is <laughs> supposed to be like the the dude who's got his own YouTube channel and it, like is saying that they need to rebel against yeah. the purge, but he like barely is in it. I guess. Uh, oh, well. I think well, they were just like, "What's a cool word that goes along with all also, this stuff?" Well, I think it, like I think that the, this movie 
up front, what it does is delivers on the promise of what we were talking about at the end of the mm-hmm. first Purge movie, where it's like, what was happening outside? Like, yeah. what was happening? Like, they're like, oh, well, that's what people want to see. So let's lead them through a series of vignettes of things that happen on Purge night. Yeah. With the most, just, and then with four characters, we can just kind of plug and play. Yeah. Whatever that vignette is. Gotta see what be. happens to the ethnics this Yeah. Time. They're <laughs> like, how many TV actors can we kill in <laughs> one movie? <laughs> And again, again, <laughs> it's Purge Night. They they do do a good job of showing some of the uh, not as well off uh, people, uh-huh. and they're being held late at a diner. Uh, uh, they have to work late on Purge Night, and so they, they're cutting a little close. I did enjoy that. I did show the kind of classism that it's hinting towards. It is funny that it just shows that, it, like, oh, like poverty's down. Like, there's no, but there's nobody in poverty, and uh, but there's still waitresses working at diners, and yeah. you know they they must have amazing pension plans at this point because of the purge. But there's this other couple. And they're at the fucking grocery store, <laughs> yeah. and there's it's like two hours before the purge. I don't even know what the fuck they buy. Like they like what they have like two things. They were going on a road trip. They're going <laughs> so they got they were going on a road trip to tell their family that they were getting divorced. Yeah, right. <laughs> Because you got to do that face to face. It's important on Purge Night. <laughs> they're, 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 there's no time for FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. In 2014. <laughs> they got to go face. To you got to go. Oh, what, we got an hour before the Purge. Yeah, let's go get some fucking knickknacks. <laughs> Stop by at Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Take the car that needs to be repaired. I don't I, care. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, like you said about the TV actors, these two people are. Uh, the guy from Friday Night Lights. Zach Guilford. And the Nikki from Lost, again. Is it Kylie Sanchez? Keely? Kylie? Whatever. Uh, the mom from Benji. <laughs> That's right. She's back. <laughs> we got her back. She's making and, the, the uh, franchise rounds. That's right. They are married in real life. Yeah. I thought that I was a cool little, yeah. cool little tidbit. I mean... That's got to be messed up to... Were they thinking about divorcing <laughs> I, I was like going to say, it's got to be messed up to be like, all right, you're going to play a couple that's about to split up. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Yeah. I just can't do it. I know I'm an actor, but I love my life. That's how you like work it out so you don't have to get divorced in real life. You that's just right. like do it in an improv class or in a film. You can work it out, you can work it out at work. Yeah. <laughs> that always seems like a good idea. And then at the summer box office while teenagers are making out to your That's movie. right. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we've got uh, that couple. We've yep. got uh, Ava Sanchez. You talked about her already. Mm-hmm. She was at the... The diner, yes. trying to get a raise from her boss. And her daughter, Callie. Yep, her daughter, Callie. And then we've also got mysterious strongman, Leo Barnes. Not not bloody stranger. <laughs> not bloody stranger. <laughs> Frank Grillo, yeah. Frank Grillo. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That was like the one person that when I told people we were doing the purge, they were like, yeah, Frank Grillo. And so like I was like, oh, he's not even the first movie, but the, he's the one yeah. that people remember, I guess. So. Frank Grillo. <laughs> Which is like, he should just have, he should be Frank Grillo in this movie. Like, it's a cool name. Uh, yeah. Is also, really I totally name. thought that him and uh, John Bernthal were the same person. <laughs> like, I was like, oh yeah, Frank Grillo, like the guy from Captain America and the accountant. And people were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong, dude. Well, he is in Captain America. I know, but he's not in the accountant. Oh, That's it. the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the same guy this whole time. He is not. Uh, I, I asked that. I was like, I was like, wait, am I wrong? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. So he's kind of, you know, he's the guy. He's going out on Purge Night to settle a score, a mysterious yeah. score that we don't know. 
He's got photos of some dude and a lady. Is he yep. going to kill the dude? Going to mm-hmm. kill the lady? I don't know. He's he's loading up guns and aiming them at the walls. Make it like you know a guy's super serious when he puts a magazine in a gun and then aims down the sights real cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's like oh he knows how to use that. And he's like putting on bulletproof vest. Yeah, and he's like telling his wife or whoever comes to the door like his ex-wife. To, I have to do this tonight. Yeah, tonight's the only night. It's very, uh, tro- it's very tropey, you know, he's like looking wistfully at a picture of a kid. You got an ex-wife being like, don't do this. And yeah. like, it's pretty obvious what's going on here. It's dangerous. <laughs> it's so dangerous. Yeah. And then, uh, so our diner friend, uh, makes it back to her house and we get introduced to, uh, the final member of her family. Her yeah. Father. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. I actually kind of like this plot point. It's this great. Is, yeah. This is, is Papa Rico. Papa Rico. It's another guy who's been in, like, everything, but I forgot to look it up. John Beasley is his name. Okay. And so kind of what we've heard through everything else that's going on is that uh, he needs medicine. Uh, He's dying. And the reason that she was asking for the raise was to get the medicine. And she didn't get the raise when she gets back. Seems that uh, you can tell that her daughter kind of is the smart one and she, like, tries to, like, kind of run and manage both of their lives. And uh, she's anti purge. She's, she's the one watching the anarchist YouTube yes. videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it makes it clear that the dad doesn't want to even take the pills because he's like he's like no, they don't do anything. I don't need them. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're not doing anything. The anarchist YouTube videos star in Michael K. Williams. <laughs> yes, of the Wire fame, mm-hmm. being the super badass like Black Panther type. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Johns, I think, was his name. Some good names. Yeah, great names. <laughs> but he's on there, like, spouting anti-purge stuff, yeah. and it's pretty cool, actually. I think it's about the rich people. It's not about us. The, people, and... the poor people are the ones who get killed. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah it's kind of all the stuff that, that they were hinting at in the first movie, that he's just screaming at it on YouTube. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're, they're all prepping for to survive another purge night, um, and then we see a shot of, like... Um, we see, we see a shot of Papa Rico outside their apartment getting into a limo, and I was like, you, you don't really know what's going on, but at first I was like, what the fuck? Is he well, like a secret millionaire? What he says is, he's like, he's like, don't even wake me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep yeah. all through Persian. I hate this crazy night. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe he was going to, like, be with the Freedom Fighter people or whatever, but... I, I no. had two thoughts at this time. I was like, I was like, either he's part of the... Like, he's, he's head of the resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Or... He just sold, he just sold his what his body away to some weird rich people. Dang, I did not have that thought. Uh, me neither. I, but I, I, you I, were so correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Option B. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. We. Uh, but like, we, I thought it was gonna be like like cultists of some kind, uh, yeah. not just like they just believe they just really believe in the purge. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this movie is cool because we kind of get to we get to learn a little bit more about how the rich people spend the yes. purge night. Because, you know, from the previous film, we've only seen people kind of, like, running around in the streets. Yep. And mm-hmm. you assume people get their houses broken into or something. Now we learn that rich people pay uh, people who are dying or, like... Or really people that just want money. Yeah, I doubt they destitute. care about your health. Well, I mean, they make a reference <laughs> like that. It's like, yeah. oh, they buy people well, who no, are Well, no, I don't. I think that, that some of them are, like... So uh, the, the thing that makes clear, and it's kind of the world building in the Purge universe, is that there is a religious component to yes. the Purge. Mm-hmm. As much as the economic stuff and, and everything else they say just is a like good idea. It's like our real government. Yep, it's good mm-hmm. policy, but it's it becomes clear that the people that believe in the New Founding Fathers, that, that buy into their whole thing, 
believe that it is a spiritual thing to cleanse yourself of the hate and violence within you, and you have to do it. Yeah. And so to do to to cleanse themselves for for the new founding fathers to cleanse them from themselves in front of God, they find people to kill to get those aggressions out. And so some of those people they believe they're doing a good thing. Yeah. They think if, that yeah, if you're actually looking, lazy. They're yeah, yeah. you're actually looking for sick people and they want to pay for it and you know, and so yeah. that's, that's them saying, Oh well, you know what, my hands are clean. It also gives them an opportunity to, right. to do it in the safety of their rich mm-hmm. people. Yes, absolutely. So that nothing goes wrong. Full of plastic. So it's it's not it's not only an economic you know there's something about the purge idea where it could be you know like thanos of of you know what we just it's just population control it's straight numbers it's just something we have to do but it is something that is pure and right about it and they really lean into that in this movie yeah yeah Yeah. uh did you notice that they show a clip of one of the like new founding fathers talking on tv and his name was donald talbot and i was like (laughs) he's like this came out in 2014 and i was like i thought the same thing i was like too close too close Uh. So yeah, the purge is on, and almost immediately, uh, Ava and her daughter Callie are in some big trouble. It's like really gross. <laughs> like the, super gross. they're super, they're superintendent of the apartment building, or well, wait, I'm like the the super. Yeah, no, I, I think he, he comes. A, I think he might just, might just be a neighbor. Anyway, yeah. some yeah. some dude. Some creep. Uh, he comes, and he's basically. Um, saying he's gonna like rape both of them well in like, graphic detail which yeah. is there was, disgusting there was a great scene that like that happened like a little bit before this but kind of plays into where yeah. she's walking home and there's all these guys trying to give her guns and like mm-hmm. hey you need some protection hey and she you know she's fine going through it she gets back to her building and this guy hits on her again mm-hmm. and like his whole thing is like i say hi to you every day like you treat me like i'm nothing like now it's my night like i'm gonna <laughs> rape you and your daughter who does that sound like <laughs> all the uh incel yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no it's and it's exactly that. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I thought that was real gross. It's, that whole and, they, scene. and they make him as grotesque as possible. Yeah, he's like they have black teeth. lights on to make his teeth. It's more real yellow. gross. Yeah. So this guy, uh, Noel Guglielmi or Noel G. Uh, I like only real. The things I recognized him from were like he's the one of the cooks on Fresh Off the Boat at their family restaurant, and he's like <laughs> nice and cool in that one. And then he's like one of the the you know side people in the Fast and the Furious franchise, oh, like yeah. oh, cousin Hector, whatever you know, one of those people. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, and so Corona I, buddy number five. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me see like what this guy's up to, and I look at his thing, and he's like actually kind of like uh, Danny Trejo. He was like abandoned as an orphan and got in gangs and became a criminal or whatever and now he like you know became an actor and is like basically plays southern california gang members all the time (laughs) and he actually you know he actually goes around to schools and talks about how you shouldn't be in gangs and Uh stuff but this guy had 180 credits on imdb uh including 25 right now that are just like in post-production or pre-production like coming out in the next two years and how many times do you think he has played i I was gonna say thug slash gangster if you you did an apple f on that page how many i did I oh sure God. did. Okay. So how many times has he played an unnamed thug or gangster? Out of how many? Out of uh, 180. Okay. Ooh, I'm going to go with 56. Oh, no. It's lower. It's lower Damn than it. that. Yeah. Because a lot of them do have names. Okay. Uh, well, I, thought it, I thought it would be some crazy yeah, yeah, number. Yeah. Uh, 30. No, it's only 11, but... <laughs> That's not that many. It's still a lot. Okay, so how many times do you think he's played someone named Hector? <laughs> Which is his name in both Fresh Off the Boat and Fast and the Furious. Uh, 
six. Uh, I'm going to guess 12. Seven. <laughs> and then uh, coming in at third place with four each are uh, Angel, Jose, Diego, which he is in this movie, and Flacco <laughs> with four each. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Next time we should we, th- we should absolutely do this. Uh, these character <laughs> actors because we're going to run into them. A Family Feud style of like, yeah. how many times? <laughs> 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 IMDb yeah. says. Number one on the <laughs> Character actor feud. It's coming to a future episode. Oh, that sounds fun. So yeah, he's a character actor who pretty much exclusively plays Southern California or you know Latino gang members, um, or you know just other people that are that look like that. But um, yeah, he's really gross in this, which yeah. is just weird because I've seen him be like kind of like a cuddly like hispanic guy in these other roles he doesn't lick the family's face and fresh off the oh so gross (laughs) when he did that i was like this is disgusting i know anything like that yeah and so they only make it away from him because like well as they're as they're kind of cutting back and forth right because the the other our other two protagonists oh yeah they're wandering around downtown they're in their own bit of trouble because uh some a group cut their their car line and uh they're Uh they're out on the streets running around so this beginning part yeah are are, are cutting back and forth between them being stuck, and then we also see some other things going around in the purge that are like, oh, like that's that man has a Gatling gun. <laughs> yes, it's pretty silly too because they get stopped on the like uh, the Fourth Street bridge over the L.A. River, like yeah. that's where they start, and then so they run into downtown, which is like two or three miles away, by <laughs> yeah. the way, and then they're like wandering around town downtown, and they're all scared because they're like, this is where everybody comes to purge, and it's like nobody would go no, there to no, purge. No, no, There's no, literally no one in downtown <laughs> after like eight p.m. You know, like if you want to go where everyone's going to purge, like you should probably go to like Santa Monica or like yeah. West Hollywood. Like no one's going to purge downtown because literally nobody lives there. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> People do get driven around in their uh, big old semis, though. They do. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a character called Big Daddy. Yeah. Uh, who's like, hey. you. Drive me around in my semi so you can the open Gatling. up the back of the door and I can shoot people with a Gatling gun. <laughs> and my American flag dad hat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to dress like a butcher, too, for no reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so those are kind of all the elements. And it's doing, it does a pretty good job of balancing, like, cutting back and forth between them. The people that are being there tracking our white couple are these skater hoodlums with their faces painted. Kind of a little bit more like the, the crazies in the first movie. Yeah, they've got... Not all creepy masks, yep. like new. They're like masks 2.0. Yep. One guy keeps waving at him with a machete. Yep. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What else are you gonna get their attention? Skate, he's like, skating backwards. He's like slow motion. Like, hey, <laughs> I see you. So the the big daddy crew basically breaks into the apartment building as well, and that's the only reason yeah. that uh, Ava and Callie are saved from. Diego. Yeah, this big daddy guy basically has like an army of trained. Yeah, he like, has the, he has the Raccoon City PD. Yeah, fully he, armored military guys. With yeah, him. and I'm like, who are these dudes that are just like, yeah, I'll go be your uh, crony it's for crazy. the night. Yeah. And then so so and there's a brief reprieve where like, oh, they're saved. Like this yeah. is like this is like a security force. This mm-hmm. is something that they pay for. And then they're immediately bound and gagged and dragged down the stairs. And so at this point, 
we've seen the first movie already, and we we're, we learn now that this is just going to be a pattern forever. Yeah. It's like one person's threatening you, and you're like, oh, God, I'm about to die. And then all of a sudden, somebody saves you, and yeah. then they're like, no, I didn't save you. I'm going to kill you, too. And <laughs> yeah. then you get the whole cycle goes again and again and again. <laughs> no, it's my turn to purge. Yeah, it was my turn to purge. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. So great. But this is where we start to have convergence <laughs> yeah about 33 minutes in i wrote it down that's we, when they all come together worlds collide oh <laughs> um so frank grillo this entire time has been out patrolling in his sweet ass charger yeah, or whatever he, it is yeah he's just kind of rolling around it's like he's got like an armored car he has an armored car it's pretty dope when it, you it, when it reveals where he's going he could have just driven straight there. Well, that's what i was gonna say it's like clearly he was out uh, doing a very specific purge, but right. it, I don't get why he's just kind of patrolling I think, I think, the area. I think he was trying to, to – to, he wasn't fully committed to doing it. Really. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. He's got to have some drive time to think. Yeah, that's right. you got to listen to no, some – No, some no better time to think than during the purge. <laughs> so he starts feeling guilty because he basically sees these two women being dragged into this truck – yeah. yeah. And they're screaming bloody murder. And he and he does do a good anti hero, just like, nope. Like he's talking to himself, yeah. like, just drive away. Just drive away. <laughs> Don't do it, Frank. Yeah. Don't do, do it. it. Grillo? I mean no? I mean Leo. Grillo, stop. Stop it. Stop Don't it, you bro. open that door. <laughs> Don't cock that gun, Grillo. Don't Don't do it, Grillo. Don't. Love only hurts. Uh <laughs> so I do give the movie credit because while he gets out and, and he goes to save them as, as Grillo. It's Grillo. You know he's going to save them. I, mean, yeah. um, I thought that we were going to get a lot more intercutting between these two separate groups. And immediately uh, the white folks run and his car's open and hide in the backseat. Yeah. They're also there <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, all right, like you know who everybody is. All right. We're, we're just putting them together. Now, now, they're, now they're a team and we're going to go through the rest of the movie. Yep. And I did kind of appreciate just the... I appreciate them taking the time to have us get to know them. Yeah. And then also just being like, we know what type of movie this is. Get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> now they're on the run during the perch. And so uh, Grillo then kills like six dudes of those fully armored guys. Yep. And then shoots this Big Daddy character in a way that you think he would be dead. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was dead for sure. But... <laughs> Grillo is like the ultimate. Like he is Snake Plissken in this movie. Like he is the like the ultimate like soldier of fortune badass. Mm-hmm. That man double taps. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm. That man shoots that dude in the head. Yeah, he, he should have. Because <laughs> Big Daddy's still alive. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And he now is super pissed off and like uh... specifically gonna go for them for yeah, revenge. Yeah, exactly. He he gets a few shots off on him before they drive off in the car. Yep. Yep. So yeah, they all get in the, after the car after a moment of him being like, "Who the fuck are you? I'll shoot you! Get out of yeah. the car!" They're like we don't have anywhere to go. We're good people, and then <laughs> we're uh, just a scared white couple. We're the, yuppies. Leave us alone. And then we start a long tradition of uh, the daughter not being able to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what does she say? Uh, the thing that she says the most is, are you going to leave us? <laughs> he left us. <laughs> yeah. Are you my new every, daddy? Yeah. Every two minutes, like, are you just going to go? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a, is it Jurassic Park where she's like, he left us, yeah, he left us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was doing. That is, yeah. that is the dimension he of her character. <laughs> uh, so they're in the car, they're driving around. 
Uh, the car breaks down, right? And they have to get uh-huh. out. They, the, the, car, the car got fucked up after Big Daddy woke up after from his mere flesh wound. And, Gatling um, guns. Yeah, and Gatling uh, guns his bulletproof car. They get out alive, but the engine is shot. Yeah, there's a, and then there's a lot of... Uh, is this when they're wandering around downtown? It yeah. just kind of like goes on. Yeah. I had trouble like There's really a really following. cool part, at least, that I thought. Oh, the trap is awesome. Yes, the yeah. trap. Yeah. You find out that like some people just set traps around. Yeah. And, then, and they set like a... It's like a tripwire yeah. grappling. It's like thing. an Ewok. It's like an industrial. <laughs> like if if Jigsaw made an Ewok trap, that's yeah. what this is. <laughs> it's like a it's like a wire attached to the sidewalk that like wraps around. Uh, I think Zach Gilford's yeah. foot. Yeah, and he gets dragged like a little ways on the and, sidewalk. And, and Zach Gilford's doing the thing where Frank Grillo's like, "We're going this way. We're going to do this." And he's like, "No, it's much faster to go." Whoa. Yeah, it's like idiot. You listen to Grillo. And then, like, all these dudes come swarming, like, so my yeah. god, in the trap. Let's go, man. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really cool. I was like, fuck, people sit in traps. Yeah, it's like, it, it makes like, this crazy action sequence. Oh, you know the other thing that I thought was crazy? Yeah. Like, so w- what I liked about this is, like, we get to see what the world is like outside uh-huh. during the purge. And there's all these things that were like, oh, shit, like, I didn't think about someone doing that. There's a shot, like, for two seconds of a dude just, like, on top of the roof with a sniper rifle. <laughs> oh, no, it's, like, you know, and, like, it's it's fucking gnarly. It's, like, yeah. especially, and, like, after, like, for and I was me, like, I was, like, that's, like, that's so, like, sniper, like, lone gunman. Like, it was, like, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little, it was a little Just thinking that, like, intense. someone could be, like, you could be out trying to purge or whatever, and yeah. some dude could just be on the top of the skyscraper. <laughs> He specifically just, just cracks a beer and then just starts like like fires six shots yeah. and like you can tell every one of them hits. And but then also hopefully there's chilling. a sniper right behind him just sure. shooting him too. By the way, we did talk last week I think right with uh, Pete about how we didn't really know what a class four weapon was and he yeah. was like it's basically so that people can't have nuclear bombs. But yeah. like we f- I figured there'd be something more in between. But now we know it includes a Gatling gun. Yeah, right. It includes sniper rifles. Um. Although, does it include a Gatling gun? We don't know. We don't know. Sure. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, Based yeah. on things that come to light towards yeah. the end. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Anyways, there's a Gatling gun out there. That's yeah. the point. Uh, out in the world. So. Oh, yeah. And we find that, um, I think it's kind of a big reveal, is that Big Daddy has, like, five of these semi-trucks. Yeah. And he's just, yeah. like, the main guy. Yeah, yeah. And they're out doing something nefarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, at some point, we yeah. get the, like, Wall Street guy that's being hung right? i liked this yeah like, I, I, this oh, was like yeah. one of the more true moments of the like, what did it say it, like he took our pensions he took our pensions and now he killed and him so he's, he's, dead. he's <laughs> not like a class 10 politician so like it's somebody but it, it made it clear that like everybody at the bank went and killed this guy and hung him up on his own bank like like he was a little scarecrow yeah because they're in like the banking district and they're like oh nobody comes here because the banks have everything insured right and, and then don't know no, he says the banks <laughs> take out all of their money and right. like then where and then my thought immediately went to oh my god guys there could be an awesome purge heist movie of wherever yes. they take all the all the money because like everywhere purges right like every there's not a purge free zone and if there is I want to see that movie <laughs> yeah. but I want to see all the money is in one place. The rich people are probably just there, Uncle Scrooging it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. We get we get some of that. This pension is so fluffy. <laughs> I didn't see it, but that actually, that actually could be the plot of Hurricane Heist. <laughs> <laughs> It takes place during the purge. <laughs> I, I need to see that. It's movie. like it's like a, it's like a a, a split type uh, spoiler. Uh, that would oh, be it's within the purge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> a movie could do it. Get take the idea, executives. <laughs> so at some point, um, 
Ava convinces Frank Grillo that they should all go to her coworker Tanya's house because she, their family is like locked in and she said they're happy to have us and they've got a car that you can take to go get your revenge. And so he's like, okay. Yeah, sweet. Grillo's like, 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 I'm gonna leave you, I'm gonna leave you. And then like every time like something happens, he, he, he like protects them momentarily. He's like, I'm gonna leave. And then she's just like, look. Like if you can get us there, like like she's trying to to get him to protect them because they know that if he leaves, then then they're yeah. gonna die, and so that's a deal that makes sense because it gets him to his revenge. Quicker. She's like Grillo want car, Ava got car. <laughs> they know freaking now Gimpy, you know Matt Saracen's not gonna help them. He's yeah. already like half dead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like... uh, I don't know if it was at this point, but no I... football for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's, I think uh, it's somewhere between the financial district or, or before they, they get to the apartment. There's somebody who almost – it's like this woman on the top of mm-hmm. her, her like her building yeah. with an assault rifle. And she's almost oh, like yeah. a video game boss of like the th- and the shit that she's yelling. And it's awesome. Like did anybody write down like – I didn't write it down. But yeah, she was she's just, just she's yelling. Like, I'm a, she's like, I'm a one-woman wrecking machine. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, like she, but she's me. also like, yeah. like religious overtones where she's just oh, like yeah. – I this will is take my... on all you fucking motherfuckers. Yeah. This is my God-given right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, was, it was awesome. <laughs> she's had a bullhorn. And, <laughs> yeah. like, and she, you could tell that, like, no one's going to fuck with her tonight. Nope. nope. She's got the high ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say that? Don't, God, that's so off, off topic. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you get Darth Vader's. Don't, <laughs> don't try it. I have the high ground. I think that's what she said. On the- yeah. <laughs> don't and even try it. Anyway, we make it to Tanya's house, and it's a nice Latino family. Abuela's practically there, you know, serving them Mexican food, and everyone's happy and warm, and they're listening to music. And We meet some new characters yeah. out of nowhere. And uh, Frank Grillo is like, okay, fine, but like, I don't know, like, your friend Tanya is acting super weird, and he sees her taking a bunch of pills <laughs> yeah. with booze, and he's yeah. like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, she's super weird. Yeah. And, and then, then she, she starts dancing with the guy in army. Her here. brother-in-law. Her brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. And like it, it does a good job of having weird vibes of like, yeah, it's, like, like it's like something's, something's right. wrong. Here. <laughs> uh, and then Grillo's like, all right, I'm gonna fucking leave uh, because you know I got you here. I got you here. And she's like, and he but he double he checks like, okay, are you sure you want to stay here? Like, I don't trust the situation, but if you want, and she's like, you know what? She's my friend. She can get a little crazy, but but everything will be fine. He's like, okay, give me the car. And she's like. Yeah, no car. Yeah, about I just that. made that up. Oh, yeah. I just made that up because I have a daughter to protect. It's and... kind of weird, though, because they probably would have a car. Yeah. At least one of those people would have a car. It was like two parents and right. the two sisters and a brother-in-law and like all I mean, these people. We don't, we don't know the economics of the purge. Maybe That's true. That's true. Maybe they're all riding bird scooters. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> Also, but... LA has famously good public transit. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. can totally live in LA without having yeah, a car. Especially yeah. if you're downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he basically is like, he's like you, you, you have no idea what you could have cost me and it's like I think we have a pretty good idea of what you're going to do <laughs> yeah. it's no mystery I'm, I'm not feeling bad about lying to you <laughs> yeah, right now yeah. I'm alive life um, is great so then the friend having fun with uh, with Camo Man yep they yeah. start dancing the lady from uh, Jane the Virgin and One Day at a Time yeah well, I, I was like yeah I recognized her from One Day at a Time yeah, yeah. Uh, what was, what's yeah, she's name? been, uh, I don't know, Darcy. <laughs> Jane, 
Justina Machado. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she starts dancing with her brother-in-law and being like, Mom, my sister doesn't care if I dance all hoey on your lap or whatever. And turns out the sister does care. <laughs> and shoots her in cold blood right in her own damn house. Yes. <laughs> but she does say that it's they've been, actually been sleeping together. It wasn't just because right. of the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one danced with my man. And her fathers are like, you killed your own oh, sister. <laughs> What's wrong with you? And then, uh, uh, and then, so she's not going to give it up. She wants to kill him. Yeah. And so Grillo has to get involved again. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Grillo guy. Grillo's like, a damn break. Grillo's like grabbing him and stuff, and she's like, "Get away from him! He's mine. He's mine. <laughs> I'm going to kill him myself." Yeah. That lady was crazy. So Grillo shoots him in the leg, and then they just run outside. Yeah, pretty much. And they think they're safe, but no. <laughs> <laughs> What? They all get captured again. Well, isn't there like some crazy long tunnel chase? Yes. Oh, there's, yeah. there's that they run through the tunnels, which is obviously an homeless encampment, and you can tell that there is just a group of people that get in their dune buggies with flamethrowers and oh, just yeah. go down to the homeless camp and kill everybody. I was kind of like I felt like those people were pretty well hidden because it was so dark. Yeah. But the guys come chasing down there with their ATV or whatever yeah. and flamethrowers, and all the homeless people come running out of that like dark hole, like yeah. help! And I'm like, wouldn't you just stay Save? there? Maybe yeah. I, I mean, they could have just all got burned to death too. Yep. I don't know. Yep. But I, yeah, then everyone's running like fucking booking it because they're getting yep. chased by this yep. these crazy like Mad Max type yep. dudes basically. <laughs> and uh, Zach Guilford uh, and his wife. Uh, so she, that's Shane and Liz for those yep. of you following along. Uh, they have guns, and Shane is like, we're not going to make it, and makes the smart decision. Yeah. I don't think I would have turned around to well, stop no, he, shoot. Like, they're running, and it's they make it clear that like they're going to get caught. Yeah. And yeah. then so like he turns around, like his leg's already fucked up, and he's just like, we're not going to make it. He pulls his his wife over, or, or soon-to-be ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> For multiple reasons. And, uh, uh, and he's like, you're not going to make it make it. Just shoot. Just shoot. I'm going to use my really high-precision SMG to, yeah. to shoot this... <laughs> Shoot this! F- so they basically get left behind yeah. and and shoot the shit out of this dune buggy, and it ends up working. They shoot the driver, and then they also like shoot the, the gas tank for the flamethrower. Yeah, the flamethrower gas tank, and it blows up, and mm-hmm. it, and it lets them get away. And, but uh, not before. Yeah, Shane no gets, more football reason too. Shane gets <laughs> shot in the chest or something. Yeah, and he's not looking too good. <laughs> <laughs> and now, as Elis said, they get captured. <laughs> They get captured and they by get who? brought on by more rich people. They get, no, they, <laughs> no, they get, get captured by the original uh, people that were chasing. Yeah, uh, they get right. captured by Lakeith. I had trouble <laughs> following all of these various. Yeah, I thought it was crazy that that was Lakeith Stanfield. I was yeah. like, what? I didn't yeah. know he was in this movie. But he's one of the original like uh, skater gang guys, uh-huh. uh, and it turns out that they're just like scooping up. Uh, leftover people. Well, yeah, they you, find you, you on don't the know. Street. Like you've seen kind of what they're doing, and like they did a really good job of kind of getting these factions of like it had yeah. like a warriors element of like there's like these crazy like hobo killers, and then there's like people with the personal thing, and then there's like you don't know what they, like you've seen them put people in their truck, and they yeah, look they've definitely been chasing crazy them. enough, and then you've seen oh well you you they showed in detail what happened to her father, where he basically sits under like a. A fancy dining room that's covered like American Psycho style with plastic sheeting, mm-hmm. and yep. then this whole family picks up like machetes and chops them in half. <laughs> yep. Uh, 
fun. So like you just like so like that's the civilized version of what like sacrifice they can make. And so you're like I don't like they're being you know kidnapped by these crazy faced people. Like who like who the fuck knows is what they're gonna do. Turns yeah. out, turns out, sell them to rich people. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, don't kill us, please. And they're like, we're not gonna kill you. We're just making money. It's off about of money. You guys. Yeah. Which so I thought was kind of cool. They yeah. auction off people they capture to the rich people, and then the rich people get to play the most dangerous game in a set, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. So they they like set them down in front of this curtain or whatever, and it opens up, and it's like this fancy dinner theater for yeah. people. And they're all like, look at what we have for you tonight! <laughs> that kind of thing. It's, it's like, it's even a little bit, like, Lynchian of just, like, yeah. it's kind of surreal of, like, like all of, they look like wax figures. Yeah, totally. It's like the super done up, like, yeah. rich white lady. Uh, and she's playing, like, the auctioneer role. And uh-huh. at first I was like, she was like, let's start the, the bidding or whatever at 100000 or yeah. something. And then... It's just people raising. I was like, she's not like, doing these an people, au- these she, people don't know how to auction. <laughs> yeah, she's not. She's not doing the auction right. And then I was like, oh, people are just buying into the like right. kill floor. Or yeah. Um, so there's all these funny shots of people of people being like, I'm gonna raise their hand, and then he's like, oh, the Warren sisters. Yeah, they've got names. I assume you'll be bringing your signature blades. <laughs> <laughs> Like look at each other, like, and they're like, like, oh, like Mr. Tilford, his two youngest, they'll be participating in their first purge. Yeah, and then you hear like this hilarious, hilarious voiceover of them going like, yeah, you want to do it? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> and it's like so they they gather like these five families or whatever. Let's murder these poros. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we'll see you in the next room. Let the games begin kind yeah. of thing. And uh, so it turns out they put them in this like laser tag room, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Complete with creepy mannequins. Yeah. There's like the lights are all off. All the people who paid to be in there have night vision goggles. What they call night vision goggles, but they're actually like predator vision goggles. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, and then they just each get to grab their own weapons. Oh, I love the shot of, or I love the like really gross description of the gun that the yeah. lady gives. She's describing it like it's a dinner. Like, yeah, and it was like it was like so weirdly sexual. Prepare like it's been. It has such a nice grip, and the release of it is so. <laughs> the perfect finish. Yeah. yeah, but Frank Grillo is not going to go down without a fight. So, so he's he says, "Stay here," and the daughter's like, "You could leave us." <laughs> so then, he, so then he's like, "Stay here, I'll be back." Like, they have night vision, which I don't know how he how he knows this, but he knows that they have night vision. He he's like, if we can't see, we die. And it's like, it's one of those things that he says. You're like, oh, it makes him sound like really smart and badass. And it's like. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so he starts, like, methodically taking out, like, three of the yeah. people. He's solid snakes around. Stealing their glasses. And yeah. I love all the shots. Like, every time one of the, the like, rich people dies, it shot it, it cuts up to the everyone else who's watching in this, like, observation the gallery. Yeah. And they're like, oh, dear. Yeah, they're like, my pearls. <laughs> no. Not Timmy. <laughs> Jonathan, who managed the hedge fund? <laughs> Wilbur, no! <laughs> Reginald, 
But they don't Johnny intervene. Johnny Thompson. <laughs> they do not intervene, which I guess is important. No, they don't intervene. But the very next thing that happens after they they kill about like five of the people, yeah. and then old lady grandma in the blue dress is like, "I've had enough of this shit," and she's like, "We need help." <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> they're and like they're all like, of the weight. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. They're like sending the waiters with the guns. <laughs> Because they're all like in they're all the, Yeah, they send in the wait staff with guns. <laughs> They'll be better than Johnny Thompson, who's already dead. Yep. Uh, <sighs> I do like the scene where, where Grillo sees in the, the Predator Vision glasses, like them all watching, and he immediately just tries to shoot all of them mm-hmm. with his machine gun. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's bulletproof glass. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, so they send in all the waits, the yeah. waiters. <laughs> wait send staff. in the waits. Send in the waits. Uh, and they suck just as much because <laughs> they get flanked by someone else who's coming in. <laughs> Send in the anarchists. Yeah. <laughs> the purge. The purge is the story of that. There's always a bigger fish. Exactly. The anarchists are like, no, this is our purge, <laughs> and uh, they're there for the riches. So we yeah. get, yeah, Michael K. Williams. And the Bloody Stranger. Yeah. He's back. Bloody Stranger. Edwin Hodge as the Stranger. Sure. Um, <laughs> who was in the first one, if you if you forgot that yes. already. Mm-hmm. The titular Bloody Stranger. <laughs> yeah, he, he's become one of the rebels with Carmelo Johns, and they are there to take down these rich people. I don't remember. I'm sorry. What's the daughter's name again? Her name Callie. is Callie. Callie. Yeah. Callie is very nonviolent. Her whole thing is she's trying to stop Grillo from doing what he's doing. And I got the impression early on in the movie that that was Carmelo's philosophy, that it was a nonviolent, like the purge is, is, is bullshit. It's not okay to kill. It's not okay to do that. And that was the impression that I got. <laughs> Like, but yeah. but at this moment, <laughs> they come in with a bunch of sh- machine guns and kill a whole lot of people. Yeah, maybe he was just waiting to finally know where the rich people have their rituals and maybe take them out. I don't you know. shouldn't have the purge, but it's okay to kill a bunch of rich people so that we can get rid of the purge. I see. Obviously. <laughs> Duh. I see. That makes that so should, much That sense. should stop the cycle of violence. Uh, I do like it when he yelled out, uh, get ready to bleed, rich bitches. This is our time now. Yeah. <laughs> He goes, fuck you, fuck your mother, and mother, fuck the purge. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that gives everybody the chance to escape our main group mm-hmm. of characters. Not everybody. But yeah, um, Shane has been dying this whole time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his wife. He gets uh, shot again, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And his wife, Liz, is like, I'm going to stay here with him. For some reason. No, she says, I'm going to purge. Yeah. She oh, joins right, the right. anarchists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She picks up a gun and joins the anarchists. Yeah, no, she's like, she she probably she, she, dies. She's like, I'm going to purge. No, no. The bloody stranger says, we'll take care of her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? You'll take it? How? Okay. Do you have a bulletproof bubble that you're going to put over her? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, he's already I, survived one movie, so. I, mean, I guess true. I guess purge night, you know, staying there with a bunch of guns going with him. Eh, fair chances you're yeah, going to die. yeah. So uh, Frank Grillo finally out. leaves with the mom and the daughter. Yeah, there's a fun there's a fun scene Are you where leave us? <laughs> Are you gonna leave us? <laughs> um, there's a fun scene when they're uh, grabbing a car in the parking garage where they catch the uh, old lady and her husband, I guess, like uh-huh. trying to escape. Oh right, and uh, they decide not to kill them and let let them leave, right? Uh-huh. But they take their car. Yeah, 
But there's a fun delete. I don't know if anyone yeah, watched, I watched the deleted it. scenes. Yeah. You, you, so you see uh, in the movie, you see them like escape out the side door, and that's all you see. Like, okay, they went off into the night. Whatever. Right. In the deleted scenes, <laughs> you, you see that they escape out that side door and start running down the alley, and then all of a sudden, like these dudes show up behind them with like three dogs on leash, uh-huh. and they sick these dogs on. Oh them. my god! And they, they get, get boltoned. Yep, Sansa, they get killed by dogs. Want. That's. <laughs> Which I was like, why would you cut that out? I know, it was great. They <laughs> should have like, left that oh, in. Death by dog. Death by dog. Too much on the rich people in this one. <laughs> Let them have a break. <laughs> we, you know, they need to buy tickets. No, too. it was it was the executive being like, hey, I'm a rich white person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rich. <laughs> I don't want to be a wait. <laughs> uh, but I definitely don't want to be killed by a dog. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was the best deleted scene out of all the boring <laughs> other deleted scenes. Um, was it more Grillo faking down, looking down the sights? No, of it guns? was more like white couple talking about their uh-huh. troubles. Oh. Or they did have the scene where she asked for a raise in more detail. Yeah. And uh, there was one that was a deleted scene of like the credits stinger. That was kind of funny, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. where it would be Carmelo being like, war's begun. Your money can't stop us now. Like he was going to yell out something ah, after the credits. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so yeah, we learned that there's like maybe two hours left in the purge yes. and he still has time to go do what he was going to do yep. at the start, which was kill the man who killed his son in a drunk driving accident. That's right. That's right. Which is a, you know, pretty good reason. His, for... uh, the, the guy killed his son and he, uh, was rich enough to afford a good defense and did not end up in jail or, yep. uh, and he sleeps with his family every night and Grillo cannot abide that. Gonna... I feel like this is a plot of, like, 85 different movies and TV shows, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't name one right now, but I feel like there's so many times where it's like, this drunk driver killed my t- at someone, and oh, they yeah. got away, and like now signs? I get to kill them. Maybe. I don't know. I do, no, I do he, was like... a, he was a sleepy driver. <laughs> I have night Shyamalan. <laughs> I, do, I do like that, that it does give him, like, it's not a morally clean cut like mm-hmm. it's it's the, because it's, of this movie they could have given him a cartoon reason to kill yeah, this guy but if, if, you're, if guy... you're like a normal dude who's thinking about purging like that's uh that yeah. might be a pretty good way to justify no, it to yourself ab- no, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> i'm not saying it would be justified in yeah. general but um yeah if you, if you were in that situation you might be like hey i can get some revenge and they don't do a flashback they, they rely on grillo to act it out and tell he the tells story, story. and, and, and the works. women are just kind of like all right fine do it like <laughs> they uh, let him go I'm over it whatever. yeah i mean they stay in the car mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll sit here while you purge we're, i'm good yeah but you're hot so we want to see what happens to you after yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i want you to be my daughter's new father <laughs> Are you gonna leave us? <laughs> I know. I, there were a couple of weird times where I felt like the daughter was like the love to, interest. Yeah, yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, and I was the, like, yeah, I was who's, like who's gonna he falling in love with you? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he goes in and wakes up uh, the dude and his wife in in their bed while they're asleep. Yeah, and uh, tosses him across the room proceeds pretty brutally. To, proceeds to manhandle him. Yeah, and then put a knife up to his eye. Yeah, and then uh, then you cut. You see a cut to him walking out looking pretty relaxed. The, the sun is out. Yeah. Grillo is coming out of the house and he's got blood on him. The purge. You see a cut of a TV. The purge is ending in five minutes, I believe. Yeah. And uh, everything's like, all right, he did it. And then he gets attacked by... Big 
Daddy. Big Daddy! Still there. Still there. He just basically pops out of the truck and shoots him. And then as Frank Grillo is, I guess, dying or bleeding, he gives a big old exposition dump. (laughs) We learned what was behind what he was doing. Yes. Yes. Which I thought was pretty fucked up. Money. Yeah, so uh, we learned that, you know, throughout these films, we've been seeing all this stuff on the news like, oh, the purge works wonders like the the poverty rate has been down so low and there's like you know everyone has jobs the unemployment rate is like crazy low it's, and it's all because of the purge mm-hmm. and we learn from big daddy that that's all a lie kind of it's not working fast enough yeah not basically enough. not enough people want to kill each other yeah the decent human beings of the world aren't fucking out there doing the purge and so yeah. they hire someone like him or i don't know if he's working for the new founding fathers or what yep but they go out and kill a bunch of people. They basically go – they're, they're kill squads that go into ghettos. They and, supplement yeah, the purge. And kill people. Yep. yep. Which I thought was super fucked up. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, but a right great when, twist. A great yeah. twist for the story. I, I would have liked it to be revealed differently, though. I think the big exposition dump yeah. was kind of eh. But anyways, the uh, drunk driver guy, turns out he's not dead because he runs out and kills Big Daddy. Well, we just see him get shot first, and I was like, oh, like, they saved him from the car. And then, like, because they're, they're still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it wasn't it was a surprise when he it was like, oh, like, he didn't, it, oh, he didn't kill him. Oh, the guy feels bad about it. I wasn't that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the drunk driver guy f- drives uh, Frank mm-hmm. Grilla to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Right, which I was like, all right. Here's something I'm very excited to he see. He drunk drives him to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get you there. It's like sorry, so the, per- the purge. The purge. <laughs> the purge ends, and they're going straight to the hospital. I'm like, okay, the line at this hospital has to be insane. Right after the purge ends, and oh. they they oh go ahead. No, there's one more. Yeah, there's one more thing I was going to say before yeah. we yes. get to the very end here. The, the, that whole scene ends with them like about to get killed by the the military goons from yes. Big Daddy because they're like, "Oh, you killed our dude! We're gonna kill you!" Right. And like right when they're about to like pull the trigger, the siren for the purge like oh, thing yes. goes off, and I was like, "Would people really stop uh- <laughs> as soon as that siren goes off?" Because like who ar- who is even around there to know if you killed someone right. like? A second after the purge right. siren went off. Hey, they've got morals, okay? I guess. You gotta have rules or it's gonna be complete anarchy? <laughs> you, gotta go to purge, you gotta go to purge court. Like, yeah. Oh, I did shoot him, but my watch was slow. Yeah, but <laughs> my hearing that, aid was out. I thought that was kind of unbelievable, but yeah. uh, what were you saying? Sorry. Uh, so I got excited because I wanted to know the logistics of what the hospital looks like <laughs> that right after the purge ends. Yeah. And I was pretty disappointed. Like, they just roll up and they just walk them right in. I appreciated that they had other cars. Like, it seemed like they had just gotten there and they had a few cars pulling in. Yeah. But it's like, there's people that I'm sure are like, like, you get, like, we'll get there. We'll get right in the hospital. Like, right, we'll, there, there's, there's going to be a line of bodies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just, like, that there's nobody there is hilarious. To the, one, yeah, the one thing I kind of liked about that ending shot is like, they, they have, it's like the front of the hospital and then you can see like a street of just like, what just looked like everybody everyday cars just going by like everyone's yeah. back to their lives and then in the background you see like the city's like On burning yeah. and stuff and it's just crazy to think like how in this world this is just such a normal thing like the next right. day everyone's like back to work well they try and to the world that is with, on fire with like with how casual everyone is about getting home before the purge yeah yeah like, oh, we, we need what do we need bananas all right we got time <laughs> 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 gotta get those batteries <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and that's pretty much how it ends, right? Yeah, we get a, we get another thing that says like 
364 days till the next purge. Yep. And then we get um, an amazing song at the end. <laughs> what was it? I didn't even notice. The EDM remix of America the Beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys remember this? It was so bad. It's like, uh, I started laughing because it's like, the, it's seriously like this angelic choir, like, America, America, God shed his grace on, just, just like that. And I was like, this is hilarious. Um, I just, I, I don't know. So one thing that I've noticed now that. in both movies, um, so the name Cali, like spelled like California Cali. Um, so the w- the Asian neighbor was named Mr. Cali in the first mm-hmm. one, and then her name is Cali, the daughter in this one. Mm-hmm. And there's a doctor, I forget her first name, Doctor Cali, listed in the special thanks of the first one. And um, there's two people named Cali listed in the special thanks of this one. So basically, I figured out that the director, what was his name again? Uh, Joe. Hold on. No, James DeMonico. James DeMonico. So his wife, I believe, is Dr. Someone Callie, and she is a psychologist, and they named their daughter Callie DeMonico, I think. So oh. and so he's been naming people after them in each movie. So we'll see who he names after them in the third one. That's awesome. The same director, right? Yep. I believe mm-hmm. so. I believe so. Um, sweet. So, uh, we've reached, uh, the end of anarchy, the end of anarchy. Everything's normal. Mm-hmm. The purge happened. We, do you feel cleansed? Survive? I feel better. You feel cleansed? Yeah, you I feel, feel better. I feel like the, the violence and aggression is, has left my body. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how many, uh, Gatling gun semi trucks would you <laughs> give this film Tyler out of 10? Uh, I enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. More than the first one. Mm. Uh, definitely had an Escape from New York vibe to it. That mm. was fun. Uh, it You could definitely see the seams, what was happening. Uh, but I didn't mind because, I the again, it gets back to the, just the ideas. So, um, like we said last time, it's in the zeitgeist. It's so eas- easily understandable. And this movie almost feels like they just had a whiteboard of like, all right, <laughs> purge things that could happen. All right, we like these five. How do we like? Well, who would be the primary character in these? All right, cool. Let's get those four people in a car. Our job <laughs> here is right. done. Get uh, them from A to yeah, B. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> um, so I will give it seven Gatling trucks. Sweet, Elis. I don't remember what I gave the first one, but I like this one less actually because <gasps> um, it was more just kind of like dark driving around, kind of faceless violence that I had trouble tracking. I guess. Um, so I will give it six. Trucks full of gallon guns. That's still pretty high. I believe we both gave it seconds the last one. Oh, we did? Okay. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I gave the purge a six. Um, I also like this one better because, hmm. I mean, the one thing I wanted to see was what it's like mm-hmm. on the streets of the purge. And it uh, definitely had a video game feel. Like it had like of, of like, like here's, here's a small thing that has an idea of like, this type of person would be doing this, right? Like, yeah. all right. Like, and I, and I, I, I thought, yeah, there's some... Like, people certainly do dumb things in this movie, too, but I felt like the dumb things that happened in the first movie are just way worse <laughs> as far as, like, decisions people make. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed this one better, and it was just fun to see some of the different sides of, like, what rich people are doing the Purge. Mm-hmm. And I really like Frank Grillo. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was a pretty charismatic lead. 
Um, I think I probably would have liked it more if they just got rid of the white people and focused on the mom yeah. and the daughter and Frank Grillo. Because I think that's what I kind of missed from the first one is more of that like character study, I guess. Like, what would people really do in this situation? But right. this one had just more characters, so there was less time for that. It was a more of a like on the run kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, but I dug it. I would give it uh, also seven Gatling semis out of seven. I mean, ten. That, ten. Mean, that didn't mean I gave it a ten out of ten. <laughs> so seven the end of, of this one really seems to be like begging for another sequel. Um, yeah. Kind of yeah. leaving it hanging. So the next one is called The Purge Election Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I've already seen this one. So I'm going to duck out of the predictions round mm-hmm. but uh what do you guys i think? remember the trailer for i remember round. trailers and marketing and stuff because this was very recent obviously it came out actually during the election year right yeah so, 2016 yeah yeah i remember there so it's gonna be about america making the wrong choice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well maybe because it's like a fantasy like in the movie they'll do the right thing <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, i don't know i don't know uh, I, I do remember that we're going to get one of our favorite actresses back. Oh, <laughs> I wonder who it could be. You guys are going to have to listen next week. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, that's probably going to bring us to the end of our Purge Anarchy episode. Uh, tune in next week for the Purge election year. But keep listening to this episode because we're going to play our interview with Nathan Whitehead, the that's composer. Right. And uh, before we do that, Elis. Where can people get in touch with us if they want to, uh, you know, shoot us a question, tell us what they would want to do. Please email us, sequelrights <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, we do need suggestions for more franchises because this one's going to be wrapping up pretty quick here. Yeah. Uh, you can also reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sequel Rights. It's funny how uh, a franchise with four entries feels so, feels so, so short. short. Thanks, Every- Tremors. <laughs> everything's, everything's long after Tremors, a cold day in hell. <laughs> yes. Uh, and please also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate it. And now enjoy this interview. Well, we are very excited to be here now with film composer Nathan Whitehead, who has worked on the uh, entire Purge series so far. Um, Nathan, thank you so much for being here. Of course. My pleasure. Uh, yeah. Can, so can you just kind of like start out by giving us a little background on yourself? How did you get into composing? What brought you to the franchise? Uh, anything like that? Sure. Um, I... I grew up in Tennessee um, playing uh, in a punk band, um, which is Tennessee was not exactly a hotspot for punk band, um, (laughs) but that's, um, that's what was going on. Um, And uh, so you started as a guitar player and uh, the band, this was, this was like high school band, you know, never, that's, that's pretty much, pretty much it. Um, But it, it did introduce me to a recording studio, and that was kind of uh, a powerful experience. This idea of uh, being in this, you know, 
laboratory making music and recording music. And I, I realized that was sort of more appealing than like being a front man and performing. <laughs> um, although I, I, I do miss that a little bit. So um, I got excited about, you know, working working in the studio and uh and then in college it actually it sort of clicked um uh i love being in a studio i tended to uh kind of uh lock myself away in the studio for for days at a time just because i loved it um i also i loved movies um and and i loved writing from an early age too which to the, to the detriment of my performing chops, um, you know, I would learn three chords and immediately start writing music, which is why probably I gravitated toward punk. But um, so I always loved, you know, trying to come up with uh, my own melody or my own my own song. Um, it, as soon as I, you know, I could play two notes on the piano or any, anything on guitar. So I'm not exactly sure why that is. <laughs> um, but, but that's the way it was. And so in college, those, this all kind of was, was crystallizing and wait a minute. So I can be in the studio, uh, which I love, uh, kind of being a, an introvert, like some composers are. Um, yeah. and I can work, in in movies and in storytelling type scenarios um and and that was this sort of this light bulb that oh man this would be this would be amazing um and then you know thinking about um influential movies from my from my childhood and you know the 1989 Batman and all of, and a huge list of scores that and, and movies like changed my life so so mm-hmm. kind of it occurring that occurring to me that people people did this. This was a job, um, and it just felt like uh, it, it felt like the perfect job. It felt like the dream job. It still feels like the dream job. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so I graduated college in in Tennessee, um, and uh, I guess I stayed. I stayed there for a year or so after college. Then headed to LA. I had an internship, an unpaid internship um, at a sound design company actually, um, but came to LA and then there was kind of this, I, you know, everyone has, has their own path yeah. and mine is the, uh, grinded out as an assistant path. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, everything has, has pros and cons, you know, you can kind of, you can become a rock star and make a lateral move into film composing or something. Um, but so yeah, I did lots, you know, I, I worked, um, I worked as an assistant at a sound editorial company, actually, for several years, moonlighting as a composer. And eventually I started doing assistant work for other composers. Um, the The first main job came through a, a Craigslist, actually. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and uh, that eventually I wound up um, through meeting other composers and doing anything and everything for them, sometimes arranging, sometimes fixing their computer, sometimes bringing them soup, you name it. <laughs> um, I did, uh, I, I became Steve Jablonski's assistant, um, who I was a big fan of his music uh, before I even, you know, you know, from, from day one, really, mm-hmm. um, of his career. Um, and, uh, and that led to... Uh, you know, I started writing on a show he was doing called Desperate Housewives, and then 
you know, I would be writing, doing more writing on his projects than assistant stuff, working on Transformers 3. Um, that all um, led to me uh, meeting uh, Brad Fuller and Drew Form for Platinum Dunes, mm-hmm. uh, a company they run with Michael Bay. I mean, uh, maybe it's Michael Bay's company. Um, yeah. But, the, but the, Steve has a good relationship with those guys. Um, and The Purge... Uh, as you know, you know Blumhouse, uh, they do smaller budget movies, and especially the first Purge, when it was just this idea, completely unproven, was particularly low budget. Uh, and you know, Steve was doing Transformers movies at that point, um, so so he facilitated that introduction, and um, there was still you know people sending demos and things, but eventually um, they called me to do that movie, and no one guessed that it would do do what it did you know a uh, huge business and spawn at least four movies and a tv series so far yeah that that's a great that's a great story that's uh yeah you, you know everyone has that crazy kind of path to getting to their first <laughs> their first major thing yeah I, I love that yeah i love that um so that's kind of cliche but it's kind of true just like the sorry like the um you know the overnight success that takes 10 years some exactly. people are the overnight but for me it was really the 10 years yeah who's this um, new guy nathan whitehead <laughs> yeah. right right so all right sorry liz yeah. oh no no problem we were wondering like when in the process of development for the purge that you were brought in and like what kind of research did you do to prepare um for the first purge i it was really fast i think I'm not really sure what went on behind the scenes, but I think there may, maybe another composer was considered um, uh, before me. Whatever happened, uh, when the time came, I had a little less than three weeks to do the score. Wow. Um, and I did not have uh, the, the luxury of reading the script. Um, so it was... Um, I, you know, I had prepared some music. I sent this demo in, uh, to the producers and, uh, they called me on a Friday and I went, um, to the cutting room like 8 PM that Friday night and watched the movie. Um, and that was, that was the first I knew of the story. So it was like, come in, um, I had, I don't have a clue what it's about. It wasn't called the purge at that time. Um, and I watched the movie, and then James, uh, writer and director, he comes in. And he's like, "What do you think?" <laughs> so it was a situation where there was no opportunity for research, okay. really, because oh, um, wow. it just happened extremely fast. So I did my best not to kind of sound like an idiot and say something intelligent about his movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, but the the thing that helped with that was that I actually liked the movie. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I just told him what I thought and, um, and, uh, you know, I don't even, it's weird. I remember leaving that, you know, that screening thinking, okay, it seemed like I'm going to get this job. <laughs> um, but there wasn't, it's been a while ago. Yeah, it, it was weird. I, I guess I guess the post supervisor did call me and say you're hired, um, 
and and but I started writing that weekend immediately. It's like that was Friday night. Finished the movie. It's like ten o'clock. Um, I just went to the studio immediately Saturday morning and started writing. Um, but then yeah, we didn't actually talk about okay, you're hired. But that's good because I already have some stuff going. Um, <laughs> and uh, just because you know it was. It was it was a big project for me at the time. Even bef- having no idea that it was going to be a big a big success, it was a big project, and so I was very keen to kind of get a jump on it, and make sure uh, I didn't blow it. So, so that's how that happened, S- super fast. And then three weeks later, the score was just basically done. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I'm interested, uh, you know, with your work on the Purge films. Um, uh, they all kind of have like a focus, especially the first one on like family and some like real uh, emotional stakes more than, um, mm-hmm. you know, some horror movies you might see out there. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm interested like w- how you balanced the need for like tension and horror elements mm-hmm. in the score and also like moments where you need to pull at the heartstrings and be more emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think, one thing that sort of um, helps those moments is that they were rare. Mm -hmm. Um, And you probably hear this from other composers. A lot of times we put too much music in movies, not all the time, but I think a lot of times we do put too much music in movies. Um, And, and, and there was in in the purges, I think, especially in this, in the genre, um, a lot of score mostly serves it well. So these have a lot of music, but those moments, um, those emotional moments were, were rare. And so I think that made it easier to do something simple. And I think, which is often, I think more compelling. Um, you know, the first purge had just like a couple really sparse piano notes. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, I mean, I can't ultimately judge how effective it is, but it, it I can only kind of go by whether it feels good to me in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes in the first purge, um, we could do, you know, like, like playing one piano note. So you have no, you have no information about the harmony really. I mean, at least in the piano, you have one note and you, it's not, a, it's not a melody. Um, but kind of in this, this sea of, of like tension and fear and menace, um, a well-placed piano note, I think could, can do a lot. And that was, that was fun. It was very challenging. Um, but it was cool because I feel, um, those, those really simple things, a, a few piano notes, sometimes one piano note, um, uh, just a brief introduction of, of strings, um, uh, in you know, in contrast to the rest of the movie and the rest of the score, really like brought us into that to that moment. Hopefully, <laughs> um, but um, I, I feel like contrast is you know is so powerful. Um, whether it's you know choosing your spots for silence, um, and uh, and in this case, it, it was kind of these little islands of emotion. Um, and but you know it was also challenging just because these they aren't movies that um, that really called for big melodies. Um, so there, there, it didn't seem right to uh, 
come up with a tune that develops and can pay off and things like that later. Um, right. So it still had that. That was definitely the challenge of it um, is because they are sort of um, it, it's not happening all the time. Um, largely, we need to we need to help. We need to kind of. Uh, you know, pull people into a lot of the fear and the just the the, the terror and the darkness yeah. of Purge Night. Um, so these these emotional moments, ideally, will still sound like the Purge score, still sound mm. like they belong in the Purge movie, um, but somehow be an emotional moment that is in a, is that is in the world of the purge. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm curious, uh, you know, y- y- you've worked on quite a few horror films and, you know, yeah. with the purge too. I'm curious, like what it's like working for, you know, however many months or weeks writing all this really dark music. <laughs> like, do, yeah. do you, does it kind of like put you in a weird headspace or yeah. is it like cathartic um, to get that out or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, I, I do get that question sometimes. It's weird, you know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I may not be equipped to assess what I'm subjecting myself to. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my wife is actually a psychologist, but she doesn't. She doesn't try to use her powers on me. Um, <laughs> I'm not in a dark place. Um, That's good. That's good. I think um, <laughs> what, I don't feel like in a dark place um, when I'm working on the movies. Um, eventually. Often, you know, there are certainly stressful days with just, you know, the deadlines and, and all of that. But I think there, I think there is, there's, there's, for me, there's something in common with almost any project. Um, and one is the people you're working with. And that is a huge one is kind of, if, if you feel, if the, the filmmaking team feels feels good and and it's kind of this environment where everyone is encouraged to um to throw ideas out there um and then we and then we talk about things and some work and some don't and we're really uh working these storytelling problems out together i love that Mm -hmm. um versus say just you know they've cut in a temp score and, and they want me to match that as closely as possible that's never as satisfying. So, right. um, I was fortunate on the purge movies. It was, it was wonderful working, um, with James DeMonico and, you know, I've done six movies for Blumhouse now. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I love is, um, in my experience, they real they, they really let their directors direct versus maybe, um, kind of the too, too many cooks in the kitchen thing or whatever, having a lot of different people chiming in. They, they really, I think they facilitate um, uh, their directors hunkering down with their team to, to make this movie. And it felt like that. Um, and also uh, produce, producer Sebastian Mercier was, um, you know, him and James go way back. So that, so that was really, um, you know, it, it, was, it was fun. It was creative, creatively challenging. Yes, the subject matter was really dark. Um, but, um, we also talk about a lot of neat things. I mean, in a lot of ways, I certainly thought of it this way. I think James, I think, I think they did some as well. You know, I don't, I don't think of the purges as glorifying violence, which might be a weird thing to say. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think in some ways um, they're attempting to, to, you know, to hold, hold up a mirror to us. They're uh, in, in, you know, trying to make some statements about that are, that are so relevant uh, about class inequality, how far will we go, you know, mm-hmm. for our way of life. Um, will we not think about the homeless person? Will we avoid driving by the per- homeless person? Will you kill the homeless person? Right. Think about it. You know. <laughs> um, now I don't. I don't that there's still a lot of people cheering when there's like a spectacular kill in first <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, but um, and uh, and I, so I guess all of that, the relationship with with James and, and the team. It, it felt it felt strangely positive, um, uh, and there's and there's this dissatisfaction of when you feel like okay this is this is starting to sound like our movie, and taking that ownership, I definitely I feel like yeah this is this is my movie to some degree, and um, and and kind of finding that tone and that you know I I think when. I finish a piece of music and it just feels like it belongs on that scene to me. Um, that's, that's the best I can do. I feel like, and then usually if it feels, feels that way to me, it's probably at least in the ballpark for the team. Um, that whole trusting your gut thing. And I think that to me, that's a very satisfying process whether it's a dark movie like The Purge or whether it was my, you know, my time on Desperate Housewives um, back in the day, or I did this movie Killing Hasselhoff that was <laughs> that was crazy and weird. Um, so it's like it's it's fun, you know, when you're not when it's not like 3 a.m. and you're feeling the pressure of having to deliver this, you know, final cue of the movie the next day. Um, those are stressful moments, but overall it's fun. And in, to me, it feels like being in this dark world the whole time. Uh, okay. it, it wasn't as dark as people think it would be. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so throughout the franchise, do you have some, any favorite scenes or a certain theme that you're really fond of? Um, well, in, yeah. I do, and it's interesting because these, I mean, the, the movies are sort of more anthology than direct continuation mm-hmm. of the storyline. You know, Frank Grillo did play the same character in two and three, um, but uh, so, so we don't have themes that carry over from movie to movie, mm-hmm. um, and, and they are subtle, but. Um, in you know Purge One, um, I loved, I loved the opening cue. Well, the the the, the cue when James Sandon, uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke's character, is driving home. I loved I loved that cue. I just felt like it was a it was a cool. Well, what I liked about it, to me, it felt a little bit futuristic. It felt a little bit dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't and it, and, it, and it felt it did not feel like a horror score. And I think as these movies have gone on, they've definitely they're more, I certainly feel that there's more action thriller oh, yeah. sort of situation than, than, than real, than horror direct horror. Um, and the simple, like the small piano 
uh, kind of ornamentation in the first purge. I was really, I really liked those moments. Um, uh, second purge was so much bigger. Um, so it was, it was fun just kind of having like aerial shots of the city and, <laughs> and, and just kind of having such a, a bigger scale. Um, that cue probably be when the purge when the purge commences on in purge anarchy. Um, it's it's like kind of this rising distorted tone for most of the cue, but <laughs> I think I think it 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 did the trick, and then it kicks in with some aggression, some heavy percussion. Um, I always liked how that turned out, yeah. um, and. Uh, um, Purge three, Purge three was was challenging. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Probably my favorite. I don't know. Everyone spoilers probably don't matter at this point. But the, there's an emotional cue <laughs> yeah. at the end of the movie that um, that I really liked. Uh, I was happy with how that turned out. It's probably my favorite spot. A lot of times I'm liking the emotional parts. Yeah, those, yeah. Those, those feel, I don't know, they're, they're fun. It's, it's fun when you pull it off. It's, there's, they've all generally had a, a period of frustration <laughs> trying to get it right. Um, and uh, so there'll be this back and forth. But then it's, it's great when it's, it kind of clicks. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that I I, I kind of love how uh, with each subsequent film you've kind of like expanded the sound palette of the score and like yeah I, I would say one of my favorite cues from Election Year uh, is Sirens like it okay it's kind yeah. of one of the ones that goes bigger than anything we've heard in the previous movies yeah um, and I'm just I'm curious like if that was like a goal that you set for yourself like each each uh, subsequent Purge film are you, you know, are you setting goals to try to like try out new sounds or expand, you know, what you're working with? Um, though, I mean, those decisions aren't really leading the process. I think that mm-hmm. is, I agree that they've, they've gotten kind of bigger and, and crunchier and darker. Um, that like you said, the palette has expanded each movie. But it, but it was just, it was just the process of trying to, um, attempting to do what the story needed and talking to James, you know, and, and thinking, and thinking a little bit about the previous movies, um, and not wanting to, uh, underwhelm or, (laughs) you know, ideally in a perfect situation, everyone's creative output just gets better as, as we, as we age, as we work. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always happen that way, <laughs> but, um, so there's some motivation to like, okay, um, we've got to build on what we, um, what we had before. And so by definition, it's kind of going to be expanded in some way, but it was mostly just, you know, talking to James and trying to get each moment to feel like it needed to feel and sirens, like commencement in Anarchy, um, there's though two and three especially. 
I feel like when the purge started, there was just much more of uh, this weighty oh shit. <laughs> this is this is happening. You know, yeah. when this siren is over, I can I can put a gun to somebody's head and <laughs> and our government says that's fine. Um, you know, which is a great I, I love that statement right there. You know, as we you know, as we talk, it, it, there's so much political discussion it's hard to get away from it if you mm-hmm. want to um and when we're talking about our rights it's i think it's fascinating to imagine what if we had the right according to our government to do that um and i think so both of those spots you know uh i feel like james wanted to ratchet up uh how crazy it was about to get um, and so it was, it was always working. I, you know, we worked on commencement a lot in, um, uh, anarchy and we had a lot of back and forth, even, even though it's essentially kind of, it's this growing, uh, kind of distorted tone. It is this weird sound, you know, synth sound that we started calling the robot voice uh, <laughs> as we're working on the movie. Um, you know, it's a massive hits and it's very crunchy. Um, it's kind of this almost like music concrete sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went back and forth on it for a long time and, um, and just, does it feel like it's ramping up enough? Does it feel scary enough? Does it feel foreboding enough? Um, so that's cool that you like it because it it took it took a long time to do. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I, I, it's it's Thank like, you. it's great Thank to get you. your like like you said you're about to go the purge is about to happen. It's great like pump up crazy music. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> so cool. Um, so coming up now uh, with the first purge, which is the fourth movie, uh, but yes. it's a prequel, uh, which is a little confusing, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> so yeah, right. for, for that prequel, since it's, we talked about how all three of the movies kind of escalated with the music, since this is going back to the beginning, um, right. is, was your process different in developing this one? Is there going to be any uh, quotes to what's going to come up in the future of the timeline technically? Ah, okay. So, you know, I didn't know, I assumed, I guess, that you guys uh, knew this, but I didn't know. But I'm not, I'm not scoring The Fourth Purge. Oh. <laughs> Dang it. I, uh, oh, I, we, I didn't see it in I, your IMDb, but I saw it, like, somewhere else that said you were. No, you're right. It is floating out there somewhere. Um, sorry. Yeah, I sorry apologize. about that. <laughs> No, um, I mean, I, your whole podcast is about sequels, so, um, um, but hey, I don't know where this will go, but, um, one, this is part of the process in sequels oftentimes, so, um, the first Purge is, uh, directed by, um, Gerard McMurray, mm-hmm. and he has... A relationship with his composer and while it is sad to say goodbye to the purge world at least for now um it's composer director relationship is essentially what i've been talking about and it's sure. a, it's a special thing yeah, so exactly <laughs> so it, it you know it's it is it is the business i'm in um i'd be lying if i said it it doesn't hurt a little bit to to move on. But at the same time, I really respect, 
um, the that relationship, and I get to do something that I've never done before, and that's be an uninitiated audience member in a purge movie <laughs> um what this does for your guys podcast i'm not sure oh, no it's fine uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's i mean so i should have uh, researched That's it a little bit more but i did see yeah i saw some article that hey. said you were doing it so um <laughs> to my be bad. no to no 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 to it's i think it is floating out there somewhere um but i don't know how to get rid of that i think maybe wikipedia says it and um I I shouldn't have assumed. I thought uh, no, it's totally fine. We still know. definitely you know. we're still going to do an episode on all of the movies. So we're thrilled to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, in well, a different you. way, then. Um, so you mentioned for the very first movie, The Purge, uh, that you were brought in super yes. late on the process. So for the the next two, um, were you able to come in earlier? And then did that uh, lead to any cool collaborations with the rest of the creative team or any cool moments since you had more time this, the other two times? Yeah. I mean, I, I did start earlier, which was great. Um, I think... You know, deadlines are, are, are definitely useful, um, but I think, I, I think there's a sweet spot a lot of times. Um, and like two and a half weeks, that's not the sweet spot. <laughs> two, yeah. two, and, two and a half years, probably not the sweet spot either. Um, so having like, you know, seven to nine weeks or so to do it um, uh, was pretty good. may have had a little bit more than that on Purge 2. Purge 2 may have been like three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's awesome. You know, on Purge 1, I just had to, I just had to sprint and there wasn't a lot of time to sleep on it. There wasn't a lot of time to sleep, period, really. <laughs> um, and then, uh, on Purge 2, I remember I wrote, um, a few suites just to, um, just to explore sounds, explore tone. And that was an awesome luxury to have and kind of try to get some DNA together uh, that the score can, can kind of grow out of. And then for uh, two and three, I also recorded um, a string orchestra, which there was no time or budget to do on the first one. Um, and I, I mean, in my opinion, all of that elevated the music. Oh, yeah. Hope, hopefully the movie, yeah. Definitely. Uh, well, so what, what is the next project you're working on? What can we look forward to uh, hearing next? Um, a video game, a PlayStation game. I, you know, I don't think I can actually say what it is. It's floating around out there, I see, but I, I have my I do I see it on your uh, I do see it on your IMDb page. But I didn't put it there, so I feel... <laughs> but, that, but, it, but that is accurate. Um, okay, well, I won't say what it is. It's basically announced, but... Um, so yeah, just finished that up. Um, it comes out next year, I think February 22nd, they just said this week. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so I'm excited to talk about that more freely (laughs) and I'm excited. That was, that was a whole nother process of writing two and a half hours of music for a video game. Um, that was, um, thankfully we had a lot long, much longer chunk of time to do it in, um, so that'll be out in February, and um, there are a couple other things, but I that I can't share at the moment. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, I I will as soon as I can. Awesome, awesome. 
Um, just yeah. while we're on that subject, I'm just curious for the video game. Um, you have to write something that somebody could ostensibly be listening to for ages on end looping. Is that yeah. right? How do you kind of figure out how to do that? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a PlayStation four game. And so it's kind of amazing what the consoles can do now. Mm-hmm. Um, straight up looping thankfully isn't happening uh, so much anymore and um it, you know it does kind of change change what i have to write so you know i'll write uh, a piece of music that has maybe two or three intensity layers so um maybe it's like the aggressive percussion and guitars are a layer or something or there are distorted strings that are a layer or something like that, or just another string part that's a layer. And so then the game engine will, when you encounter danger, uh, it can basically turn on the intensity layer, whatever layer you're looking for. And the cool thing is it can now, it can even like do it on a musical beat. So there doesn't have to be, uh, an awkward crossfade or it doesn't have to be a bad edit. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, and then same thing, like if you're ending like the phase of some objective, uh, this game, there's a lot of riding uh, a motorcycle. And so there's kind of road music and <laughs> then you get off your bike and um, we recorded these transitions, you know, so a piece of music that essentially might extend 10 or 20 seconds after you are, uh, you know, you're kind of you're kind of done with the bike part, um, and then it hopefully the natural musical way crossfades into the next piece, or uh, just kind of hope, like seamlessly uh, vanishes, sort of like you were scoring at the picture. So I haven't gotten to play the whole game yet, but there's a lot of cool stuff like that. But, the, but it's definitely a process of taking my two and a half hours of music and and then separating it all out into different food groups and uh and then a big team of editors stitching it together in the game in such a way that all that can happen um and sometimes they play the music plays just the way it was when i wrote it and then sometimes maybe they leave out leave out the percussion and that and that changes the feel but it makes it more appropriate for a conversation that's happening or something like that so a lot of crazy stuff going on under the hood but it's but i think it's cool and i think it's making it much more uh immersive and natural feeling than the days of like it literally just looped for 20 hours (laughs) yeah absolutely um so I had one more question about The Purge that I just remembered. Um, I was listening to the soundtrack earlier today, and I was noticing a lot of the titles of the tracks. And so I was wondering, like, are you the one that gets to write those? Because, like, I noticed some of them were kind of, like, funny lines from the movie. Like, I think I was saying the, like, why would someone need a car on a boat or stuff like that? Um, do, so are you involved in that part of it? For better or for worse, the titles come from me on the soundtracks. <laughs> Nice. And I just love I, I love that line. Yeah. Why do you need a car on a boat? Um, <laughs> it was like you know, it was a perfect little nugget of excess. How about anyway? Yeah. 
Okay, cool. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so I think uh, to wrap things up here a little bit, um, I think the question everyone's going to really be wondering is, are you still writing punk songs on the side? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'm not, and I kind of wish I was. Um, <laughs> right? Um, uh, it's been a while since I've written a punk song, but I do get to pick up the guitar from time to time. That's uh, for the scoring gigs, uh, so so that is that is nice, including on the video game. There's actually a lot of guitars in that. Oh, sweet! Um, but um, maybe in the future, I I've been itching to do something <laughs> that's something that's not you know score related. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Uh, well, Nathan, I uh, just wanted to say uh, thank you again so much for being here with us today. Uh, it's been an absolutely, absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast with us. Of course, yeah. Thank you for having me. It's great to talk to you guys, and um, hope we can do it again. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, if anyone wanted to keep in touch with you, follow what projects you're working on, where's the best place for, uh, to people, to, for people to follow along? Um, the best place is probably my website, NathanWhitehead.com. Um, Twitter and Instagram, I'm on there. I'm not always the, the most social social media user, <laughs> but, but certainly when it comes to projects, um, those, those wind up on Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, Facebook is probably, I visit that the least, but mm. it's, on, it's on there too. But yeah, Nathan Whitehead, Twitter, Nathan Whitehead. Uh, Facebook and then my website are probably the best spots. Great. Awesome. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank, thank you so much again for being here. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. you so much. <laughs> Likewise. Appreciate it guys. All right. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.